Hello, everybody. Welcome to another re-released episode of the First Intuition Student Podcast. This episode goes all the way back to August 2020. Dave, can you remember those days? We literally just started recording the podcast. This was one of our early episodes. And we were joined by, at then, one of our great tutors in Cambridge, Taylor, who's subsequently gone on, left us, and now works for Norfolk Constabulary as a police constable. So, Dave, what's your recollections from this session? My recollections of the session, you you may not remember this, Ben, but I wasn't actually here for this episode. I'd I'd taken um, some holidays, so I'd... um, it was in the middle of kind of lockdown and suddenly there was this window where you could travel and I suddenly was aware of a, a gite in France that was vacant for a week and I leapt to the chance to go and sped off to France with my family taking that narrow window where you could actually travel and I remember coming back from France having downloaded this episode and listening to it and thinking wow Taylor is so much better than I am have I got a job when I got back so that, that that's my overarching memories of this particular episode is how amazing Taylor was and how inadequate I felt coming back afterwards fantastic so hopefully listeners you can now visualize Dave driving his family across France making the rest of the car listen to first intuition podcast episodes particularly about revision techniques which I'm sure went down a storm with his kids um Dave brilliant work but it was a great episode I think it's particularly relevant when we're releasing it for the re-release now, because I know a number of students are at the revision stage as you're listening to this for the September ACCA exams that are now definitely coming up and just round the corner. So hopefully this will inspire you to go and do some extra revision and most importantly, make the best use out of the time you've set aside for doing your revision. Enjoy the episode and look out for future re-releases that we've got coming up over the back end of the summer. Well, good evening. Welcome to our student forum on a Wednesday evening. My name is Ben Bullman. If you are joining us for the first time this evening, you are very welcome. I am a tutor and one of the directors at First Intuition. We've been running these sessions every Wednesday since the start of the COVID lockdown. I'm usually joined by my, my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse but he's still on holiday. He's been away with his family for last week and this week. He didn't go to Spain, so he will be back up and running when he gets back, we hope. Um, But he's away this week. So I'm going to be joined by Taylor. I will introduce her more formally in a moment. She's just giving you away for those watching on the screen. And we're going to talk this evening about revision, revision techniques, and how we would be recommending students approach the revision phase. But as we did right from the start of these sessions at the start of lockdown, we normally take the first part just to do a quick update on the professional qualifications that we teach for and share a bit of the stuff that that me and the guys at FI are doing in the coming weeks to, to help students and support you with your studies. So a very quick roundup. Increasingly, there is getting less and less for us to communicate. I think, I hope, although lots of talk on the radio this morning about second spikes and second waves. So who quite knows at this stage where things are going, but increasingly we are seeing less and less announcements from the awarding bodies as slowly throughout the lockdown period, they've sorted out their plans for getting students back up and running with exams. So I will now introduce my guest for this evening. 
I'll do a bit of a, a rounding up of some of the FI stuff we're doing at the end of tonight. But I will now say, formally, welcome Taylor Hammond for joining us this evening. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ben. Good evening, Taylor. So Taylor is um, a tutor that joined First Intuition back at the start of this year. Um, we're going to talk this evening a bit about revision. But, but first of all, Taylor, just a bit of kind of um, information about you, if I may. Um, what are you teaching at the moment? You've been in, yeah. not in the physical classroom this week, in the virtual classroom. What are you teaching? No, we're definitely still not in the physical classroom, but virtual teaching. This week, I've been teaching ACCA audit, so the AA exam, which is my absolute favourite exam to teach. We love audit. I love audit. The exam's lovely. For those of you who have done that exam, hopefully you feel the same. Um, and then last week, I was teaching ACCA FR2, so... I think the ACCA exams are, are, are pretty prominent at the moment, given the time. So lots of ACCA at the minute. Fantastic. Excellent. And great to hear we've got another audit fan on our hands. <laughs> Me and Dave every Wednesday have a bit of banter. Audit and financial reporting is my passion. Dave is more of a, a management accounting kind of Ooh, guy. Like no, his budget, no, no. like his variances. But it's, it's good to hear I'm being joined by, I can say this now because Dave's not going to listen. He'll listen to the podcast. Um, but but we're talking proper accounting when we're talking about year in <laughs> an audit, aren't we, Taylor? We definitely that's... we're talking proper accounting. We're talking legal stuff. <laughs> so you've been teaching at home using using Zoom. That's um, right. Yeah. That's going pretty well. Yeah, it's going pretty well, you know. And um, I think it's not quite the same as seeing people face to face, obviously, but I think the chat box is so good. And sometimes maybe when people were feeling like they didn't want to ask questions in a lesson environment, actually the chat box is quite nice. You don't have to have your camera on on screen and to just be able to type in that chat box, maybe more people are asking questions than actually normally would. And I think also a lot more students are emailing me than normally would. Um, and I'm quite enjoying having to explain everything over email and stuff and writing things down. Um, it's probably, you know, I'm probably spending a little bit more time explaining things because sometimes it's easier to just tell someone face to face. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going too bad at all. I'm quite enjoying it. I don't have to get the train to work anymore, which is like a super bonus. Um, I'm saving a little bit of money from not doing that. So I'm pretty happy. Fantastic. And I think what, what all of us appreciate, you included as part of the FI team, the reason we joined FI is we, we love teaching. And so at the start of lockdown, when there was some nervousness about, well, how is this going to pan out? I think everybody is just so relieved to be back helping students. And I'll, I'll, I'll plug it again. Something I say regularly at these sessions is if you're studying with First Intuition or any other provider, please use your tutors. We like helping you. We like receiving emails from you. We like answering questions. It's, it's why we do our job. And so any ways we can support you, I'm pretty confident that the FI team will do. So just, just a plug there for students really to keep yeah. in contact with us. No, you're absolutely right, Ben. And like we said before, didn't we? There's no better feeling than when a student emails you to tell you that they've passed an exam and they've got a really good grade. There's no better feeling than that, guys. So I know I love it when my students email me to tell me that they've passed an exam and I'm more than happy to ask questions pretty much most times of the night and weekend. <laughs> Fantastic. So all of the teaching from home, but I know that you've been into the Cambridge office a couple of times because yeah. you were in a group of, of three and you got, yeah. got partnered with me when we were in doing some of the exams for AAT. 
That's How's it. that we, going? Yeah, we managed to speak to each other through visors two meters apart, didn't we, Ben? Um, we did yeah, I can see somebody on the chat has said that it's really well organized. So that's good to see. Um, I think I've been in three times now and it's just it's run so smoothly every time I've been in. And I know myself, I was quite nervous to return back to the office or even to just leave my house. So and I felt absolutely fine going into the office. Um, so I think as a student as well, the feedback that I've seen so far is that everyone's felt really comfortable and safe doing exams um, back in the office. So. Yeah, it's gone well, hasn't it? Yeah, no, I, I think it's gone better than we could have imagined. And, and thank you, Abby, for your comment tonight, saying that it was very well organised. Um, the guys behind the scenes, I can't take any credit for this, but, but colleagues who were kind of getting it all set up before we reopened have spent a lot of time planning. And it does seem to run like clockwork to getting the students in, getting them ID checked, getting them up to sit the exams, getting them out of the building. So far, it's going really, really well. And we've still got capacity. I think the numbers have started picking up. I was in at the start of this week and we had, I think in the morning session, we had nine students in, which was great. And it still worked. We were able to distance them. All of the exams worked. So if you're listening to this as an AAT student, still nervous, and I appreciate that getting into the centre is a personal choice and not everybody maybe is ready to travel and go in. But when you are in the centre, um, hopefully this will reassure you that, that there is a very good process and a very good system for getting the exams held. Um, fantastic. Oh, and Abby passed her exam as well. Congratulations, Abby. Um, always, always much nicer then when we get feedback that students are not only coming in to sit the assessments, but they're actually passing them. So brilliant. Well done, Abby. Especially with EMAC there, that management account in exam. <laughs> Keep me away from that one. <laughs> well done, Abby. Exactly. Right. Well, we'll move on to our, our topic for tonight, which is revision. So this is now coming up to the stage. Certainly the students that are sitting the session exams in September are probably at the tipping point of going from what we would call a tuition phase, where they are for the first time going through their notes, learning the syllabus, they're now flipping into the revision phase and we run separate courses for those for the session based exams. For any AAT students listening, you will go through a similar process when you're studying one of the modules that you'll go through the, the chapters in your notes and then you will start moving on to more of the assessment and exam preparation. So Taylor, I know you've been working on a bit of a project to kind of pull together some of the hints, tips, tricks that the tutor team have got for revision. And so it, tonight, yeah. I'm going to see if you can share some of those tips and some of your experiences with the group. So yeah. I think initially I was going to just remind everyone, and I think sometimes we all forget this. We were all students once ourselves and whoever your tutor is, um, at some point, they would have been a student studying themselves. I was a student, you were a student. So when you were a student, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. One, what was your favourite subject to revise? Oh, okay. Favourite subject to revise. Um, so I was definitely a student who didn't sail through exams. I wasn't one of those students who could sort of last minute cram when it came to exams and manage to pass. I, I think I'm quite an organised person. Um, 
but studying for AAT and ICAW are the qualifications I did myself. So studying for those really made me even more of an organised person, I must admit. Um, and I did have to do a lot of revision and I started, always started quite early. Um, but my favourite exam to study for was probably either the audit paper, uh, because I did work in audit at the time I was doing that. So that was really nice to actually be able to take things back to work and be like, oh, I understand why I'm doing this transaction test now because I've learned it on study. Um, and probably business planning tax in ICAW, which is a really difficult exam. Um, but I knew it was so hard that I spent so much time in it. And actually, I spent so much time that I felt quite comfortable going into that exam. And it was the one that I got my highest mark in as well. So it obviously worked, whatever I did. <laughs> Always nice to get a score. I actually found my um, transcript from my exams because I'd forgotten exactly what I scored in all of them. But, but I have got a permanent record. And during lockdown, we were having a clear out in the loft and I actually found it. So I, I've gone oh. back. Um, and I have See, I'm say, not quite as old as you, Ben, so I've still got the text messages. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't text messages in my day. Results were posted <laughs> out in my day. I can't um, delete those ever. They used to be posted to the office that I was working in and, and the receptionist would open all of the mail so that the receptionist would know before the students who'd passed and who'd failed, which was always, always a bit mm. controversial if people had failed. Mm. Um, but yeah, and it surprised me actually looking back on how a couple of them I did just scrape through. Maybe I wasn't as good a student as, as <laughs> I would now ask students to be potentially. So, oh, there was definitely a couple that I just scraped through, yeah. <laughs> so FM. You like FM me, in ICAW. You like me, um, did your study whilst you were working, and I know lots of our students are in the same position. How did you find revising for exams alongside still having a day job and, and work and tasks to do back in the office? Yeah, absolutely. So I worked in practice for eight years before I went into teaching. Um, and like I said, studied for AAT and ACA alongside that. I think something that I found was after a long, especially when I worked in audit and I was doing a lot of traveling, after a long day at work, I did not do very well studying in evenings. I definitely would not have gone go home of an evening and start doing a long question, a long written question, a question that could take me up to an hour, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So for me, it worked better to work at the weekends. Um, and I know we're going to talk about a few tips of how we organize, how I organized my study. Um, but it is difficult. It's really difficult to study and work at the same time and keep on top of your work and your study. But hopefully, study helps work get easier as you get further along and the more studying you do actually you find the work side a little bit easier um, and hopefully that is the process as you go through but definitely it's hard to do it in the evenings and I think there's certain things that you can do in the evenings which maybe aren't so difficult like writing out pro formas and things like that trying to get them in your brain or looking through flashcards things that don't involve maybe long written questions because you need to give your brain a little bit of a switch off to take in some information too. Definitely. And I think it comes back to that word balance, doesn't it? Trying to find a balance and appreciate that we're all different. So I mm. like you and not great in the evenings. Once we finish this session, I'm actually off to do a, a revision session for some AAT students. But when that finishes at eight o'clock, I will not be worth anything for the rest of the evening. Yeah. I will just want to crash out, do very little probably eat some chocolate and, and watch some rubbish on the telly. 
And yeah. the thought of just study at that point, one, it would not work for me, like, like you were saying. Um, I, I'm more of an early bird. I would much rather get up and do an hour study in the mornings. I know you talked about using weekends. I appreciate weekends for some students work. For other students, they might have other commitments. I've got every admiration for, for students fitting in study around all of the other stuff they've got going on in their lives. But I also think we're pretty much all in the same boat, aren't we? And if, if, if we can make it work and other people have made it work in, in the past, then we, we've got to find solutions to do that. And I know one of the things that you've been kind of promoting with our students is revision planners. Tell us more about what a revision planner is and how you think it would work to help a student. Yeah, so I have to say, I, if I didn't use revision planners when I was doing my, you know, professional and advanced exams, I'm not sure we'd be sitting here now, Ben, because I'm not sure I'd have ever passed them. So I really had to use a revision planner. And when, when I talk about a revision planner, I'm thinking, right, as soon as I went on that course, um, I, as when I finished the tuition phase of that course, I was thinking, right, how long have I got from tuition or possibly revision until my exam. And I would think, how much time can I give myself to revise in between there? So like I said, for me, I mainly focused on weekends. I had to tell my friends that I was just not gonna be around for a few weeks or maybe a month or so. And they all understood in the end, to be fair, and we're still all friends now, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, weekends are really where I focused. And the reason I started so early was because I maybe I wrote out a planner and I said, right, I'm going to do these four questions in this weekend, these four questions in that weekend. And as I went through and I stuck to that plan, not only did it make me just feel good when I ticked them off, because everybody loves writing a list and ticking things off, right? Um, it made me feel good as I could tick the questions off. The other thing it stopped me from doing is picking all the easy questions because I would flick to the back of the question bank and I'd think, oh, no, that question doesn't look very nice. I'll go to the next page. No, that question doesn't look very nice. But if you randomly select which ones you're going to do at the weekends, it stops you from doing that and it just makes you stick to that plan. You clearly need to make it realistic. Don't overload yourself with absolutely loads of questions, which is why I spread it out over a long time um, make sure you give yourself some breaks in between in the plan I never ever studied on a Friday night that was always my evening off to see friends on a Friday night um, and hopefully not have too many drinks on that Friday night so I could get back to it on the Saturday morning but definitely um, and then every now and then you know I'd give myself a Sunday off to see family and things like that any certain occasions but I knew if I did that study planner I wouldn't leave it all until the last minute and have to cram in 10 questions every weekend for the last couple of weeks before my exam. It made me feel really organized. It reduced my stress levels. It made sure that I did pretty much all the questions in the question bank because we all know as tutors that question practice is key to passing any exam really. Um, and it also, I needed to give myself exam time to do those questions in. Possibly not, you know, the first couple of questions you do. But from then, I would be really strict with myself and give myself exam time. Because quite often, I think, especially with the long questions, um, definitely when you get to advanced stage and possibly for FR and professional level and things like that you could sit there for a whole day and get one question done realistically and then you start worrying about the marks which are really really difficult to get and which take you about half an hour to do and actually earn you one mark but if you stick to exam time 
then actually you could get through four questions in a day really easily. Um, and it's done. You can mark it. You can see how many marks you would have got. You've got a realistic example of how long it would take you in the exam. Um, and it just makes you feel better once you can tick those questions off. Where did you where did you used to put your study planner so it was visible? I've, I've got visions of it being on a wall somewhere in the house and you crossing it off like my daughter do until Christmas Day. Exam ben, day here and I'm kind of crossing off the questions as I do them. That was pretty much it. But Ben, I'm an accountant. So where do you think that revision planner was? Obviously, it was on a spreadsheet. <laughs> I was going to say it will either be no knowing you, Taylor. It will either be on a, a very well presented spreadsheet, or yeah. it would be on a, a lovely coloured in chart somewhere that you could use an inordinate amount of highlighter pens to kind of. <laughs> what you it was it was a lovely coloured spreadsheet, and it worked really well. And as I crossed them off, I used to make them different colours, and I'd wait until the whole spreadsheet was green. And by the time that whole spreadsheet was green, I knew I was ready. And the other thing with with doing the revision planner and, and all that question practice, is I knew that when I walked into that exam course, there's always a little bit of a surprise, they try and twist you somewhere, but I knew that I had seen pretty much every question that I could get in that exam. And that reduced my stress levels massively. I, I think you raise a good point. You wanna go in there thinking, I've done everything I could have done for this one. Yeah. If, if I fail, and people do fail exams, I failed exams when I was a student. Yeah. But um, maybe looking back, if I'd have gone in there thinking I've done everything I could have done, it would have just shaped my, my mental kind of approach to that exam a bit differently. And then if, if it doesn't work out, at least you can hold your head up high and say, but, but there's nothing I could have done to, to change that this time. And I've just got to go back to it and, and try again. Absolutely. And that's the key to starting early. And if you can walk out going, saying, I know I tried my best. Okay, if it wasn't good enough this time, I know what I can do to improve it and I'll do it next time. But I know that I try my best. That's all you can do. And, and half of exam problems is stress and getting your head into it. It is just the mental barrier that there, that's there. It's not that you don't know the knowledge. It's just that the exam pressure gets to you and you can't quite get it out on the, on the paper or on the spreadsheet as it is now. Um, so if you can just get rid of that mental anxiety, you've helped yourself massively. Definitely, definitely. So I'd be interested to know, we've got lots of students joined us live this evening, if any of you use a study planner to kind of structure your approach to the exams, revision? Have, have you got a spreadsheet like Taylor's got? Have you got a wall <laughs> planner up somewhere at home that's kind of ticking off your, your progress towards exam day? Share with us in, in the chat box if, if you'd like to. But, but moving on, um, I know another thing that you promote is kind of visual aids to learning, Taylor. What sort of visual tools did you use in your preparation and would you recommend to students now revising for exams? Absolutely. So the key to revision is to get things into your long-term memory. That's exactly what you're trying to do by revising. Your tuition phase gets it into your short-term memory and reading through the notes and highlighting, eh, that's going to get it into your short-term memory. But to get things actually into your long-term memory so that you see that question and it just ticks something in your brain to think, actually, I know about this. Visual aids are really helpful. So flashcards are really helpful. Um, a massive benefit of flashcards is that you can take them pretty much anywhere with you. So you can always have flashcards in your handbag uh, for anyone who uses a handbag, clearly, um, and you can take them anywhere with you. The other thing with flashcards is because they tend to be very short, snappy things like formulas or, um, 
you know, very short numbery things, you can get other people to test you with those flashcards. So it doesn't, they don't necessarily have to be accountants. It could be someone you live with, a housemate, a family member, and they can test you with those flashcards. Um, and I always used to draw little pictures um, that would just help me help it get into my long-term memory. So little people, you know, the one with the sole trader is the little person, the company with the circle around. There's so many different pictures that you can come up with. Um, clearly you don't want to be writing them in the exam because the examiner's not going to know what you're talking about. But anything that gets it into your long-term memory. Pretty colours, as Ben says, is a favourite of mine. I absolutely love multicoloured pens and highlighters. If I can make things look nice, it just makes me want to look at it more. Um, and I might be tempted to put it up on my wall as well. So any, you know, even if you're at your desk at work, you know, if you've got a pin board at your desk at work and there's just some formula that you really can't remember, just having that there, you don't need to necessarily keep thinking about it, but the more times you see it, the more it will just creep into your long term memory and it will just help you out. They're great. And, and one of the things is I did use to use flashcards quite a bit when I was studying as a student. And one of the things I liked doing with them was shuffling them up. I think yeah. occasionally you get too used to chapter one that flows into chapter two and chapter three. And we know the exams don't work like that. The examiner doesn't open up your study folder and say, well, I'll start with question one on chapter one and then question two on chapter two. And so having them in, in uh, uh, almost like a deck of cards, your flashcards, yeah. you can shuffle them. We used to play games, me and a couple yeah. of friends in, in class, just dealing them out and then asking each other different questions on them just yes. to give that kind of breadth, that, that range of stuff. So I'm a great advocate of flashcards. I think getting them down, um, I presume you can still buy them, get get down, I was gonna say down the local post office, that's dated, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone would go down to the post I actually know a shop that you can buy them, but I'm not sure I can plug it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it and then you can say other stores are available, that's what they're doing. You can definitely get flashcards in Wilco, but other stores are available and I'm sure they are sold in other places. <laughs> Lovely stuff, yeah I guess Amazon sell absolutely everything, so you can get yourself onto Amazon and buy some kind of blank little postcards. We're yes. talking about stuff that, that, that would fit in your, your handbag, in your kind of travel bag. Um, great idea, great idea. Yeah. Um, I like producing them for myself. I think as a student, if yeah. you have your own cards, it will mean more to you. The time you invest in that, I think it will make it more memorable. We did use to bundle them up in courses. I can see someone saying that another provider provides them. We used to provide them. But actually, the feedback from students was they liked the idea, but they preferred making their own because it just made it a bit more relevant to them and kind of helped cement stuff in their, their brains. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The, the process of actually making the flashcards is probably your main revision process, really. It was quite a nice, quite a nice bit. If, if you were feeling a bit gloomy about study, actually making 20 cards of just some bullet point notes from your folder was a way that was a bit less intimidating to study, but you were doing something that got you a nice warm feeling inside thinking, well, I've, I've done something that's been creative. And you can yeah. get creative if you want to and kind of start bringing in, I wasn't one much for, for colours like, like you, Taylor, but um, as, get, get, get as creative as you can do but it's a good use of time, certainly. Thank it you for is. using the chat box. I can see that, that we've got some fantastic feedback on your um, study planner. Your, yeah, your planner. that's lovely to see. Um, 
Cara's going to start preparing one, which is fantastic. Great that, that you've got some kind of takeaway tips from this evening session. Other people, Kat, still using traditional pen and paper. I think I'm like you, Kat. I'm not quite sure <laughs> I would be on spreadsheets or, dare I say it, really bringing it up to date. Julie's using Google Sheets to do it, which I would imagine is a fantastic way that you can reference and index stuff but possibly a little bit too advanced for me. But, but thank you. Keep sharing your ideas in the chat box because as well as me and Taylor sharing our experiences, I think it's fantastic when students can kind of share ideas with each other. So um, keep up using the chat box. But we will move on. One of the things that I get asked a lot from students, and maybe you can share some insight, Taylor, on this, is a revision session. How do we get away from just rewriting out our notes or the fatal highlighter pen that just goes over the whole folder. Um, what sort of ideas have you got for students mm -hmm. that find themselves in this rut of just reading the same paragraph over and over and over again? Yeah, so, so like I've already mentioned, really, I mean, reading your notes is maybe helpful at the beginning, um, but we do go through them in lesson with you. And realistically, it's probably not gonna get into your long-term memory by just rereading them, rereading them, highlighting them. You think you're doing something, but you're not gonna remember everything there. So we've talked a little bit about summarizing things down into your own words, like the flashcards, putting those things into your own words. I would, every single exam I ever did, I summarized every chapter down onto one page and even even when I was doing my advanced level ICAW exams I did that it was quite difficult to get it on one page but I did do it um, and the reason I did that is because when I looked at the notes for the courses I would think oh my gosh I am never going to remember all this I'm never going to know it all I can't possibly remember all of that stuff but actually when you look at it summarized on one page obviously it was very pretty Ben with lots of different highlighters and colored pens. Um, but once I summarized that down into one page, my brain suddenly thought, oh, actually, do you know what? That doesn't look too bad now. Maybe I can remember all that. And even if it didn't, it probably didn't have everything that I needed to know to actually pass the exam on that. But everything was on there, the key points that would trigger me to think about something else. So as long as I had all of those key points down on that summary, and that could be just a summary page, it could be via a mind map. I did most of mine via a mind map. So I do the topic of the chapter and do the mind map of all the key things that I needed to know. And then I would just use my mind maps for revision and I might use them to do questions right at the very beginning um, to help me do some questions. Like I said, formulas and snappy little things like that would maybe go on flashcards. But key topics, for example, non-current assets, I'd have a little bit about depreciation, a little bit how I'd value them, a bit about disposals, all of those key points on one page. And I could stick them anywhere in my house. Um, I'm not sure my parents were too happy about it, but I could stick them anywhere. You could even stick them in the bathroom. Look at it while you're in the bath. Wherever you are, you can just stick them on the wall. And if you've made them look nice, you'll want to look at them a little bit more as well. So summarizing things down into your own words. And I think if you've managed to summarize it down into your own simple words, you'll be able to test that by explaining it to somebody else. And I used to explain it to maybe a friend or a parent. And if I could explain these things in my own words and they understood it even in the slightest as a non-accountant and somebody who'd never studied accountancy before, then I know I'd explained it in simple terms. I'd got it down to my own words and always explaining things out loud I find as a tutor now that every time I explain something out loud, I think, wow, I, 
I understand that even more every time I explain it out loud because explaining things out loud to somebody else really helps and makes you remember it as well. So if you've got someone who will sit there and listen to you, even if they're just pretending and slightly understand it, you're doing a good job. So summarizing things down into your own words, key points, make your brain think that it, you are capable of remembering all that information. That, that's a brilliant tip. And I've, I've used that with, with students before. Think about explaining it to my mum. And my mum is not an accountant. She would not understand accountancy. That's a great ability to then get extra marks when you're doing some of the written mm -hmm. tasks that I know some of the, the level four AAT students get level three synoptic students but then when you're into the the, the icaw the acca and the sema case studies actually to try and explain something in your own words will prompt you to put in more detail i think occasionally students just get hung up on trying to rope learn the definitions in their folder and the definitions in your folder are obviously comprehensive but they don't really help you explain it to be able to add the detail. You don't get the insight unless you can explain it in your own words. That's a, that's a really fantastic tip, Taylor. And um, I've got visions now of all of the students on this evening or listening to the podcast going and, and boring their <laughs> yeah. sisters, cousins, parents, mates um, with explaining variances or flexing a budget. But that, that's a fantastic tip. Yeah. Just to go to the chat box, a couple of things that have popped up. Margaret says she's never really understood mind maps. Mind maps in my head are a bit like a spider guy diagram, Taylor, is that, that right? Where we just kind of put down some notes and try and join them up? Exactly, yeah. So what I would do is just put the topic in the middle. You know, you do a little cloud around it and anything that your mind, when you think of that topic, what do I need to think about? when I think of that topic. So I use the example of non-current assets and everything, the key points that you need to know about that one subject material just comes off as a little point from the cloud in the middle. And then Abby in the chat box has said, would this be helpful for advanced synoptic? I think definitely it would be Abby. Knowing that the synoptics test prior knowledge from previous units, you could do a mind map page for everything you need to know about management accounting costing yeah. and do what Taylor said, put MMAC in the middle of a page and then draw it off to think about this is what I need to remember about budgets and flexing. This is what I need to know about cost behavior. You could do that for your advanced bookkeeping. You could do that for your final accounts preparation. Ethics is dull to say the least. <laughs> At least in a mind map, it's a bit better than the, the 30 odd pages of notes that you might have in front of you. If you can get your ethics down onto one page with your five principles and your threats to ethics, Abby, all of that stuff is, is, is great for, for, for mapping out and just making your own notes on. So um, I would definitely be doing that if I was studying for the advanced synoptic. Um, Emma posts hers on the wall. Yeah, obviously get the, the homeowner's permission before you do that. I can imagine <laughs> back in the day, my mum having a fit if I'd put blue tack all over a living room wall and posted my stuff up. But um, yeah, as long as, as long as you've got permission to do that or it's your own house, go for it. Definitely. Cool. Excellent. Well, time is getting on this evening and a quick plug. I'm actually going off. Um, I hope you're going to join me, Abby. I'm off to do a revision session for advanced synoptic this evening, so we can't go too much longer. But I was going to finish, Taylor, by just asking you if you've got any stories you can tell from when you were revising yourself, anything that really worked for you, if there was kind of um, one additional tip you could give. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just say, Abby, I absolutely love that you're going to go buy some coloured pens. 
I absolutely love a colour pen. Here am I, and you can't go wrong with a colour pen. But right, yeah, my final tip is, if you can, if there's anybody that you can study buddy with, think about a study buddy. And if you put something in your, yes, Abby, I like that a lot. <laughs> so if you can find somebody who's on your course at the moment or works for the same company that you do, who's possibly doing the same exams, think about teaming up with them because I did it for ICAEW and I can assure you when we sat down and did questions together, the girl I was doing it with came up with completely different ideas than I did. I came up with completely ideas different ideas we had two different completely different points of view but by the end of it we'd almost balanced each other out and she earned me a lot more marks and I think I earned her a lot more marks by doing that it also gives you loads of motivation because if you've got somebody there watching you you can't just do nothing you, you stick to the exam times you do the questions together and you will find that even on this virtual class if you put it in the chat box you know does anybody want to do a little session tonight or go over something with me. I, I bet you'll get a reply um, and more people will be do it, willing to do it. It makes revision so much easier if you've got somebody to bounce ideas off. It's motivation. You don't want to let each other down. And it's just nice to make friends, right? Definitely, definitely. I think it's a bit like going to a gym. I, I would yes. hate the thought of going to a gym. But if one of my mates says, should we go to the gym together? you can use it as a bit of a chance to kind of um, socialise. Obviously, I haven't been going to the gym in recent times. <laughs> Add that. Um, I've been doing a bit of bike riding with a couple of my mates out, out on some country lanes. But it's just a way that it's more than just the, the study session then. It's yeah. that social interaction. It's that accountability that you almost feel yeah. like you're letting your buddy down if you don't do the study session and, and give yeah. your full commitment to it. Exactly. And it can get a bit lonely at times doing all this study on your own. So if you can find someone that you could maybe have a cup of tea with every hour and have a little break. Nice. Perfect. Even if it is over Zoom. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Myself and Dave are going to be back with some live forums. We're scheduling them to start back up on the 7th of September. So look out for emails coming out with how to register for them. In the meantime, we will be releasing further back episodes throughout the summer. Thank you very much. <laughs>